Hello, everyone, and welcome to the JLL Clustering Insights podcast. My name is Chris Walters. I'm the investor and developer lead for the UK Life Sciences Group. If you're tuning back in, you previously would have heard from Glenn Crocker and Rachel Dickey. Glenn is our head of UK Life Sciences and Rachel Dickey is from Legal and General Capital. If you haven't heard them, please tune back into those previous podcasts and have a listen. It's about the impact of COVID-19 and the great stuff that LNG are also doing in this space. Today, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Doug Cuff. Doug is the Vice President of UK Real Estate at IQHQ. And today he's going to be giving his views on the sector and what IQHQ are doing in this space. So welcome, Doug. Thank you. How are you today? Very good. It's a pleasure to be here. Good. Well, thanks very much for joining. I think just to kick off, for those that haven't heard of IQHQ, could you give us a, an elevator pitch style response, if you can, about who IQHQ are what they, and what they do? That'd be great. Sure. Uh, IQHQ is uh, essentially a startup company. We were founded in the fall of 2019. Uh, We have currently raised over $770 million for capital commitments. Um, The organization is more or less set up as a private REIT. You know, we kind of call it a 144A company, which is, is... set up just like a regular REIT, but we're private uh, right now. Uh, and really the, the idea of uh, focusing on kind of speculative and, and ground up development. Um, the team, the management team uh, has a long history of working together. So even though we're a couple months old, you know, we've been working together for you know, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and we're, you know, all of our careers, we've all focused on life science real estate and, and technology real estate. Uh, and we're gonna focus on that going forward. Uh, our you know, kind of our key markets are, are San Diego, which is where our corporate is, San Francisco, uh, Boston, Cambridge, obviously, and the, the, the tips of the Golden Triangle. Uh, um, currently, out of the 770 uh, million, we've deployed about 350 million uh, um, over four projects, um, roughly about 2 million square feet of development uh, potential. Great. And so the, the 770 million and sort of the nature of the projects, is it predominantly development-led projects that you're looking at, or are you also looking for income-producing assets as well that you could repurpose or refurbish? We are very opportunistic. So uh, the majority of it right now is focused on really that ground-up development. But yeah. however, we have two buildings in our portfolio now that uh, uh, that has tenants and income in, in it right now. And, and there, one is uh, more of a vacant building, which we're trying to lease up, and the other is a um, kind of a... a We'll eventually knock it down and rebuild it. Yeah, no, that that's great, and um, you know, having that as I said, having that wealth of experience behind you has, has got to be beneficial. And and you talked about the capital that you've been able to raise, and and the fact that some of that's deployed already. But what are the key things that you you look for when you're looking for an asset without without giving the game away to anyone else that might be listening to this podcast? Yeah, uh, so it, it's I'll I'll go from a macro level and a micro level, so to speak. So from looking at markets and looking from a macro level, uh, um, we really you know like a lot of developers really focus on the live work play, uh, uh, um, and we're seeing the kind of the the young educated workforce, the millennial workforce, wanting to uh, work in urban cores. Uh, um, you know, so they're usually clustered around life sciences. Are really clustered around. Uh, uh, 
transportation nodes uh, with, with strong access to capital. Yeah. You know, that's why you see it around MIT and Harvard and you see it around Berkeley and Stanford, um, you know, and in the UK, it, 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 it's Cambridge and Oxford. Uh, so very, you know, uh, at San Diego, it's, you know, UCSD. So it's, very, it's clustered around those types of, of environments uh, with, with that population uh, and workforce. From a, from a micro level, uh, um, you know, there is a there is a flight quality uh, we're seeing in our other markets. So that um, that's why we think, you know, doing speculative development is, is going to be a, a strong way forward. Um, so we do we do, um, you know, when it comes to an existing building, we do look for you know something with good bones that we can that we can convert uh, yeah. or, or knock down even uh, and rebuild. So uh, that's kind of kind of our focus. That's interesting because I think. You know, and that, that resonates with a lot of the work that we've done um, working with clients like yourself or other investor developer, uh, as well as occupiers, to be honest. You've got to have the combination of that, that macro and micro to, to make these things work. And I remember we, we did a survey that um, went out to some key clients about what was most important. And things like proximity to, to talent is always top of the agenda for this sector. And I, like you, I can't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah, it's really driven. It's amenity driven. You know, we, we're, we're seeing a lot more amenities uh, offering for, for, for developers, whether it's a gym and a cafe, coffee shops, you know, banking services, you know, uh, you know, uh, bicycle storage. Uh, uh, we have a project now in, in Boston, which we're going to put in an automated car park. Uh, so you drive your car and you, you, you park it and it, you know, the computer kind of parks it for you. So, yeah, it's very it's 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 a very dynamic and changing market. And you meant you mentioned mm. MIT and, and Harvard. Um, I mean, one of, I mean, obviously huge organizations, um, big anchors for that for that region in terms of drawing in growth around the sector. There's an obvious question which I think comes up between the comparing the US and the UK markets, particularly in terms of, you know, how mature um, the US is in comparison to the UK. I mean, just just from someone that's obviously um, been involved working on both sides of the pond and, and is based in the US, but I know that you've worked a lot in the UK. What do you see as those, as those major differences or what have been the, the key drivers behind those differences between the UK and the US? Well, you know, the, the biggest thing is is scale, uh, you know, so Cambridge, Massachusetts, which you could argue is the, is the, the, the ground zero for all all things life sciences. Uh, um, you know, and it has two major universities uh, in it versus, you know, Cambridge and Oxford have have one in their in their their, their town. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cambridge is is a Boston is a big city with with millions of people. Uh, Cambridge has one hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, you know, and, and the county has 500,000. So it, it, it's a scale is, is kind of the, the, the big driver, I, I think. Um, and, and MIT, uh, you know, they were really, I think, the, the kind of the, the, the springboard to really driving forward the, the, the cluster in, in, in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, yeah, they, were, they were kind of the first to allow their researchers to do commercial enterprises from their bench top, their research bench, bench top. And so Profit wasn't a bad word for for MIT, and so they were able to to basically, you know, if a scientist had a, an idea, he could commercialize it, and MIT didn't have a problem. Usually, what they would do is if 
something was discovered in their lab, they would want to they want some equity stake in the in the company going forward. And then as the company would move out of the MIT lab, they needed to go someplace. And at that time, this is in the 70s. And at that time, uh, the zoning laws were being rewritten uh, to accommodate that kind of growth out of MIT. And so it, it took a long time for the cluster to get to where it is today. And so when you, you know, I know Rachel Dickey compared the two in your earlier podcasts. Um, and now that it feeds upon itself, and that's true, but it, it wasn't always like that. It, you know, uh, Kendall Square and, and and Cambridge was a place. You know, it was not long ago that you just didn't go to. It was it was not. It was very unsavory. Um, and today it's much different. So it just took a long time, and then it began to feed on itself and grow relatively quickly. Uh, um, kind of the first thing that happened, uh, oh, the, kind of the, the latest uh, demand generator was when Novartis came to Cambridge. Uh, Massachusetts in 2005 and moved 2,500 jobs there. Uh, that really kind of validated that the, the the city. And then next thing you know, you had other big pharma's, you know, Merck uh, and Pfizer uh, going you know, moving in, in, in as well. So everyone's just uh, the, the the quest for that talent uh, has grown tremendously, yeah. which I I I, I can, you know I kind of see happening in the UK uh, over time. When you look at the UK. From what I've read and what I've what I've studied, uh, it's just a little it's it's just a little further behind. Um, I mean, it, they do have some. You think about it, they have some amazing uh, products that have come out of the UK. You look at Humira, and you, and you look at you know Watson and Crick, um, you know, discovering the the you know DNA. I mean, they, so the science and the quality of science is I would say is equivalent. Um, but it's just it, it it's kind of more science led and science driven than than real estate. I was. You know, I think it was really telling to me. I was I was having a, a pint with a friend of mine uh, at a pub in Cambridge, and he we were talking about this in general. And he actually said that it feels like Cambridge, Massachusetts, was a cluster built around real estate, and Cambridge, Cambridge, England, is a cluster built around science. That is interesting, and always good to get an anecdote out of a visit to the pub. I think. So you always do our best thinking there. I think. <laughs> Uh, that's really interesting. I think, um, you know, I completely take on board and have, and have seen um, myself in terms of looking at the comparing the two markets, what you've what you've just said. Do you think that the the UK has got um, sort of the, the bones to, to make it to that level in terms of that scale of, of market? Or is it, you know, simply the US market is is of a scale that we'll, we'll never quite reach. But in terms of maturity, in terms of how we're leaning more towards the real estate rather than the science as you put it do you how how far away do you think we are well you know i don't know if the uk wants to be like the us i mean the us is five times the size of population wise than in the country i don't know how you know from a land perspective how how, how the difference is but there, it's you know it's two different countries and so you know, i don't know if it ever you know i don't know if cambridge you know, cambridge england will be like cambridge uh Massachusetts, um, but I think there is there is opportunity for for tremendous growth. Um, you know, I we did a I did a study a couple of years ago, which we were comparing um, we were comparing uh, a recent graduate out of Cambridge, stroke Oxford, uh, MIT, and Berkeley, uh, and and looked at jobs. You know, for those for those master's degrees in biochemistry, and when you looked at the the, the salary requirements in those three markets, uh, there was a forty percent discount 
30 to 40 percent discount in the UK. So you look at you look at these companies and the quest for for talent. It's just a matter of time before they you know, dip their toe into the water uh, uh, and, and come over. So I, I think there is still tremendous That's growth. Really interesting. Yeah. And for you as a for you as a organization, I mean, you mentioned about where you're based now in the in the US, and you know, from a UK perspective, um, what's your area of focus um, in in your role as um, VP of UK real estate? Where are you placing your attention at the moment? Yeah, so we've 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 already pursued a couple of opportunities uh, in and around Cambridge and Oxford. Uh, I've been looking at London, uh, even with you, for the last you know six years. So it's just it we just need to uh, find that opportunity. So right right now, out of the gate, we're gonna we're gonna look in Cambridge, Oxford, and London. Uh, that 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 is the the most equivalent to what we were, we're used to in in the states. Yeah. And then sort of the medium to long term, you think you'll branch out from there and, and look at other places in the UK? Uh, we would we would definitely once I kind of get our core market set up in the UK uh, and yeah. kind of got, got the, the, the business growing and moving, uh, we would absolutely look up. You know, we're optimistic. So we'll, we'll look for other opportunities uh, if and when it makes sense. So we're not we're not unopposed to other places uh, around the UK. Yeah, it's where, where the opportunity takes you. Yeah. And sort of ch- changing the subject slightly, but you know, uh, an important subject. Obviously, we're in um, the midst of of COVID nineteen, and that's obviously having an impact on multiple aspects of of people's lives and and business. Um, you know, from your perspective, how have you seen COVID impact on on what you're doing, or more generally, I suppose, in in terms of the sector? And do you think it's what what impact is that having in and in, in the short term versus the the medium to long term um prospects i suppose for for life sciences well i would say i would say in the in the on the office side we're, we're, i you know i think that story is not yet finished and i don't know how it's going to end i think you you're going to have you're going to have organizations from a real estate perspective. You're going to have organizations that are, are going to they're going to go they're going to go away, and that, that office space is going to come back. Uh, so I think you'll definitely see a, a, and I think other companies are going to look how they utilize office space and what is the best what is the best footprint and how they want to utilize it in the work from home strategy, which has now I think been validated from from many sectors yeah. and from many organizations. Uh, um, I think what we're kind of seeing in in Boston at least is more and more uh, entrance into the life science space. And there are groups out there that are thinking, hmm, how can I convert my office into lab? That seems to be a very uh, strong sector. We haven't seen any real hiccup uh, in, the, in the lab uh, side of the life sciences side of the business. Um, it's still very strong. Demand is very strong. Um, with social distancing, what we're seeing is companies begin to use their space differently, um, yeah. and uh, in the sense that, you know, they're instead of jamming a lab full of, of people, they're now kind of changing the way they look at it and, and go to a shift. You know, they're gonna you know there'll be a day shift and then a night shift for for the researchers because it's really you know it's driven around their their access to the equipment and the bit of kit that's going to do their experiment uh, so that the, the demand i think is still remains steady um, and what we're actually also seeing is uh, um, kind of a drive to push to bring back manufacturing into the states uh, so that we don't get 
the supply chain is not uh, reliant upon another country. And uh, so we're seeing more and more uh, manufacturing requirements, particularly around PPE uh, type stuff uh, in in the suburbs uh, to your lower your lower cost point uh, space. Um, so we're seeing that that as well, which I think you'll you'll see. I think both those points kind of will resonate yeah. within the UK as well. Yeah, no, they definitely do, and it's interesting. I speak to our colleagues globally um, quite a lot around life sciences, and they're and they're saying exactly the same thing. We're seeing it across um, different countries and regions as well. Um, and I think um, you know what you're seeing on the ground in terms of that demand prospects still being strong, and there's still being a lot of, of activity in the sector. We're we're seeing that as well. Um, and in terms of, in terms of looking forwards um, for for IQHQ and and the sector as a whole, um, what do you think? What do you think we need to do um, either as a as a sector, as sort of a business community, to help this? Um, life science market continue to grow and expand in the UK, and is and is there, you know, is there anything that's holding it back at the moment that is is preventing that growth? Do you think? So I think when you look at the you know the, this quest for you know, there's two two things I think which are which are related to real estate but not specifically tied to real estate. One is transportation, uh, improving the transportation nodes in and around Oxford and Cambridge. I think London's transportation transportation network is amazing, so I don't think you need anything there. Uh, but getting people to and from, you know, the, the south side to the north side of Cambridge uh, needs to, to improve, as, as well as with Oxford as well. Um, and, then, and then lastly, it's access to capital. Uh, and, 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 you know, the, the VC, for right now, you've seen the VC market in, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, you know, they, they're renting space right next door to their companies uh, and being fully involved in, in their organization. So as these, as these entrepreneurs start new ventures and get access to capital and then move on, they want, you want to recycle, they want to recycle that. And so I think um, the VC sector really needs to help promote and, and grow that. But I think you're seeing a lot of SMEs, you know, starting coming out of Oxford, you know, with OSI and with, and with uh, out yeah. of Cambridge with Cambridge Enterprise and CIC. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you, you know, that continues to grow. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's lots going on and, um, I think having organizations like you you just mentioned um supporting that growth is really important and and the VC funding in particular and you know in the in the medium to long term you know I probably hopefully am right in saying that your your view on the UK market and the life science sector in general is is a is a positive one and it's it's one that you're investing in for the, for the long term. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm very bullish and I've always, I always have been. So I, I'm, I'm it, you know, I've kind of felt like, you know, the last five years, uh, there's been political uncertainty. So no one really knew where the goalposts were, which has kind of kept, I think, people nervous about it. And then after the election in December, we kind of had a pathway forward uh, and then COVID hit, which has put the whole world kind of uh, all over the place. So I think once we get a, a good runway forward, we'll, it, you'll, you're going to see uh, some amazing things out of the sector. Thank you very much, Doug. That's a great positive way to finish in a very upbeat tone for the sector. Um, thank you so much for your time today. Really interesting to get your insights um, on IQHQ and, and what you're doing in this space. Um, and look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you.